Cuba is arguably one of the most isolated and culturally rich countries on earth. In this Bernie Chats with Claude Duke, we'll discuss the project Claude started to capture it in photos and on film. And in the second video, part two, we'll chat about his Mexico project. Now let's get started. So we're being joined by Claude Duke today. Claude is a multi-talented individual. He's a photographer, artist, designer, book publisher, and now a film producer. Claude, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're up to these days? And then we'll get into the background a bit. Okay. Well, thank you, Bernie, for inviting me to your program. And uh, it's, uh, it's uh, rather special, you know, just because uh, for all what we going through the last year and so my latest project is the it is the beauty of mexico.com so this will be a 600 page book okay also is going to be a video on demand i'd like to know a little bit more about the book and and the film but before that let's back up a little bit and mm -hmm. now i first had the pleasure of meeting you about uh, 10 years ago at a travel blogger meetup and at that time you had another book and you were promoting a uh, very similar type of concept for the book of Vancouver. Exactly. So can you walk me through a little bit of the projects from how you went from doing a book on Vancouver to then, I understand you did one on Cuba or you were starting yes. one on Cuba and then Mexico. And yes, please do hold it up. The Vancouver, yes. Yeah. Now that these yeah. are all um, what some would call coffee table books, right? Exactly. And exactly. With, with high-end photography and some stunning yes. photos that you produced. So how did you go from doing the Vancouver coffee table book to your next steps? Yes, everything started when, because I'm a Cubanista, you know, it's just that I love Cuba. And mostly I've been visiting Cuba close to eight, nine times. Mm -hmm. And mostly always have been inspiring me, uh, you know, the, again, we know so little of Cuba. And uh, once I was a, uh, in Baradero and I went to, uh, to a gift shop and I said, do you have a book about Cuba, the entire Cuba? I'd really love to see more about Cuba. He says, mm, no, no, they, we don't have that. They, maybe postcards, but that's it. Ah, uh, uh, okay, okay, we have an idea here. Okay, how about nice. if we produce one? And, and that's how I started the entire concept. And I wrote to the government of Cuba and I started peddling the entire idea how, what I want to do, what I want to say. And all of a sudden, I confronted a big wall in front of me, which is, was the red tape. Uh, okay, red and, tape. And, and, and that was, uh, I said, and a friend of mine who passed away, he says to me, why don't you make a sample of what you do? And you send it to them and prove what you have to say. Uh, mm, uh, okay, that's, that, that's a good idea. So I started to do a book about Vancouver. What I, you know, at the time also, the, you know, oh. also there's, there's a little um, uh, um, oversaturation of the amount of photographers in town, you know, because everybody within a camera or with a big camera or semi-big camera is, yeah. oh, I'm a photographer. Right. <laughs> but the thing is that people who live through photography, uh, we pass a hard time. So the thing is, I said, okay, I'm going to do something that is uh, what I'd love to do, something that I really find myself on it. 
And I started to tell the story about Vancouver, what I love about Vancouver, you know, in my eye. I just want to paraphrase here a little bit. So you saw an opportunity in Cuba for, for a coffee table photography book. Mm-hmm. And you you were advised and you felt that you needed to present some some of your works to give them an idea of what you're talking about. Exactly. And, and, and you thought, well, I'm in Vancouver. I'm going to produce a book on Vancouver. And that will be an example of some of my works to add to my credibility and to be able to put my best foot forward and they can get a visual, tangible idea of what I can do for Cuba. And, and the reason I want to tell it that way is I just want people to grasp from it the idea that that having a portfolio and some of your works, if you're moving a project forward, can be very beneficial. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, mostly like in everything. Uh, if you build your credibility, you know, mm-hmm. it is uh, is in everything. You know, if you're a singer, if you have an amazing repertoire, you'll be higher. Uh, right. If you have an amount of art, you know, paints, the same thing. You have to build your credibility. And mostly that credibility, I've been taking more than 10 years in photography uh, because I used, I used to perform. I'm a singer as well. So I've been singing all my life in, uh, in photography was always something at the side, you know, it just, but it was, was part of me. One of my biggest uh, uh, gig in town was at Sandra Brazilian Steakhouse. And when it closed down because uh, they demolished the building, I said, I want to do something that I really love. And, and again, photography fall into all the categories of being an activity that which I have been done in the past, which I've been enjoying it. And also I can tell the story. I find in myself that I'm a storyteller. My 70th year, I can tell the story. And awesome. because I've been doing so many things in my life. Yes. So I've been testing advertising. I've been testing uh, how you produce, how you put things together, mm-hmm. put things together. Mm-hmm. And not just to take a picture. It's just how you put it together. So uh, in all, this, all those experiences drive me to do this book and to do the book of Cuba. You've basically been in visual communications all of your life, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, you could say so. Yeah, I, uh, whether it's, and also, whether it's uh, designing or photography, um, um, you know, singing and 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 playing music is a form of communication. Exactly, exactly. You, you know, singers we are actors who sings. You yes. know, that's why it was so easy for me to get into acting for commercials for the United States, and uh, I did it for three years. Nice. <laughs> Always being the dad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's a good thing to have a fatherly presence is uh, is a very powerful thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that I, that I was able to act. Why? Because I was singing. Oh, you see? Okay. And so the thing is, if you sing, yeah. you're acting. You're expressing you're happy. You're, uh, you're sad. You're in love. You know, right. you're excited. You know? So the thing is, all these activities have been putting me uh, sort of a kind of building a credibility as a as a producer, as a director, let's yes. say, that I can, I've been touching all this, you know, because, because when you're doing a movie or, the, or a documentary or a, or a book of, of, of Mexico, you have to tell the story and say it right, truthfully. Mm-hmm. And mostly that's what you see. You're not going to uh, uh, just, uh, I hate when with some other colleagues, it's time to put 
too much of a, you know, criticizing the country or crit no, I'm witnessing what I'm seeing. Right. And what I'm seeing is I'm trying to be inspiring for others to, if, for example, like it happened to me in Cuba once. I was going there and I arrived at really seven o'clock in the morning to Havana. And I said, and I, in the panorama of Havana, uh, it was a, almost a culture shock. So all of a sudden I said, because I was expecting so much, so much. And all of a sudden I said, well, we're going to have to find the beauty in the smallest things. So when you find beauty in the smallest things, you'll be able to build incredible things. And that's what I've been finding in Mexico and in Cuba. And again, uh, Cuba is in a standby, do, do economics and so on. Uh, Mexico came knocking. And mostly we have been developing Mexico at a speed of light in comparison with Cuba, unfortunately. But as soon as we finish with Mexico, we will do Cuba with our own means. And so it's so much to tell, uh, Bernie. It's so, so much what, to what, tell. Why don't we talk about Cuba just a little bit before we get into Mexico a little more? Yeah. Um, so in Cuba, how many trips did you take to Cuba? What did you accomplish there before you had to shelf the project for a while? Uh, well, I've, I've been almost eight trips. Okay. And I've been in, in five different provinces and in, in, in Baradero, Havana, Trinidad, just really trying to keep expanding my ideas, expanding my ideas and make a sample, which I have in my website, uh, com. I have a sample book of Cuba as well. Okay, great. So the thing is, you know, it's been very profound, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, like they say, I'm a Cubanista, you know, I, I really yeah. love the music. I really love the people. I, you know, it's just that if you like people, yes, you get inspired by people. So the thing is, it's just that it is so much to share, you know, and my first time I remember when I went to Cuba, uh, I never did so many friends in a week like I never did in my life. Not because I speak the language, it's because we click. Right. See? Yeah, so so they're they're warm and open. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Not because they are after my tip or but it was it was all what we built. It was genuine. So in in Cuba, um, did you have any any background on Cuba other than than going for vacations there? Did you have any other insights that led you to believe that Cuba would be a a place other than they don't really have a nice coffee table book or they don't have a nice production to explain the country? I arrived in America in 1973, okay. and I lived between Cubans for 10 years, 15 oh, years. Okay. So I know them. You know, I, right. I knew one side of the story, mm -hmm. and always wanted to see the other side of the story. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, you know, mostly that 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 thing uh, drive me to so many conclusions because propaganda in in in, in false news and all that. You know, sometimes you you get amazed. You know, it's just uh, it's something else. For example, when I was in Chile, everybody used to say, oh, my God, United States is so rich, is so rich. When I arrived in the United States, I discovered that almost the United States wasn't bankrupt. He was oh. lending money from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's interesting. So the is, where's the richness here? Yeah, no kidding. There's, there's perceptions. I always say that um, before I go to a new country, 
I have a preconceived idea about that country. And almost as soon as I land yeah. in that country, the preconceived idea is totally demolished. Yeah. I have to yeah, rebuild yeah, yeah. A, new, a new narrative in my mind about the country. It's, I interesting never expect- that, uh, it's interesting that Cuba, both Cuba and Mexico are places that I, <clears throat> that I'm a little bit familiar with and that I have uh, a little bit of affinity for, let's say. I, I don't know if I ever told you that my uncle was involved in Cuba and he was there during the revolution. Um, you know, doing, we, we understood he was, he was clearing roads for construction companies. Um, we later find out, found out after his, his passing that he might've been involved in a little bit more than that. And that he had spent, uh, he had spent a good year of t- a good length of time. I believe he's in Cuba for six or seven years, right around the same time as the revolution. And also when Ernest Hemingway was there and, oh, um, wow. yeah. And, and, uh, he also spent time in two other South American countries when there was a revolution. So, <laughs> so it was quite interesting. We're still connecting the dots on that little bit of family history, but uh, I've always meant to go to Cuba. I'm looking forward to going there. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Right now, you know, Cuba is just such a. It, it, you'll find a Pandora box wherever you go. You know, mostly all, all the the tourist development. You know, Cuba lives on in in tourism. And, and right now, it just is so fantastic what you find in the uh, in the hospitality industry, you know, like hotels, you know, you'll be able to find gorgeous hotels. And as you discover, mostly what I love about Cuba is the is the uh, turquoise waters, you know, yeah, it's just a, sure. oh, so dreamy. And oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah, Caribbean oh, Sea, I guess. And also the musicality of the people, you know, I'm uh, being as a musician, I always... Uh, you know, I always admire all the people who do good things, you know, it's just uh, in, uh, in Cuba it has so much. Believe me, when I'll do the beauty of Cuba, you're going to be a lot of music and people, super talented musicians, super talented. Believe me, the art world as well, you know, the art world is unbelievable, unbelievable. It's beyond, I've been having the time to walk in the streets and then going to those the small uh, art galleries and they and enjoy the, what they do and they're very good it's it's almost like music is to cuba what hockey is to canada uh-huh you know very much so at the very top of my list is to go into havana put, go into a jazz bar and just listen there that's you the go very, that's the very top of my list for when i finally go to cuba hey have a good run there you go <laughs> <laughs> so you you toured around quite a bit in cuba what are the what would you say are the top few uh, hidden gems or secrets or places that people should go or that that really captured your attention specifically you know stories places people uh, it's so difficult because the, the for me it, it is such a, it was such a good experience mm-hmm. and and just to pinpoint you know, again, if you're in Havana, mostly restaurants, foods, it's just unbelievable. Right. Food, you know, you'll be able to see and mostly the 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 rest the restaurants and they have a hard time to get a menu together in a daily basis because they sometimes they don't have basics like say they offer uh, let's say an steak and they had to create the steak from somewhere. Right. And sometimes they had to go to the extent of looking for Believe me, I think one of the most ingenious, ingenious industries in Cuba are the restaurants. And the quality, 
Is that right? Because one of the common thoughts that I hear about food in Cuba is that it's a little bit on the bland side. Is that not true? It is in the year when it's three stars, mm. two stars. But when you go four or five, uh, now you're starting to eat well. It is. A, it happens to me in one of the trips. I wind up to be in a three star, and it wasn't that famous, you know. But the thing is, it. Understand me one thing. I I know Cuban cuisine because because I live in Miami. Right. So for the regular for the regular uh, tourist that doesn't know about Cuban food, won't be able to understand. You know, it's just right. what it what you're eating. But some of them in some preparation and the variety, and they have a struggle because of the embargo. They have the the the, the struggle, but you know, uh, mostly all the big chains they get their own line of food for them right. that they export themselves. Right. And 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 mostly uh, the other one that the people they had to go. For example, I know if the most fantastic place for lobster in Baradero called the Jesus Restaurant. The Jesus Restaurant. Jesus Restaurant. Jesus' name is yep. very common to find. Right. Jesus. Jesus. And in Varadero, you know, I was looking for a place and this taxi driver told me, there's a new place. You know, I want to take you there. Boy, okay. We start going like a half an hour in the middle of the jungle, in the middle, in the middle of a, a neighborhood, you know, shows up the restaurant. And a gorgeous girl opened the taxi. Uh, and that was the start. And uh, most of it was this barbecue, barbecue lobster. The most delicious thing I ever tried. And most of the display, I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you. It was absolutely gorgeous. Since then, I've been recommended everybody to go to Jesus Restaurant. And uh, I'm looking forward to one day to go back. But it's just the flavor is some some people they have you know last sunday i was seeing a documentary about napolitan pizza three ingredients four ingredients makes the whole world of difference uh, you know it's it's just it, it, that's what it is here too it's just how you cook it the amount of time you cook it it's just nice. believe me with doing my book my book of vancouver i learned how to enjoy food because talking to to the chef who are so uh, possessed, you know, by the how they do it and why they do it. Yeah, good. And chef mostly, I learned I, can be something, right? Oh, oh, people—they are like a really something else, something else. If, if when they are good, is if the flavor and the food is good, it's because the chef are behind it a hundred percent. Oh, that's 100%. great. So Jesus Restaurant is a four or five star restaurant, you think? Four or five, yes. Yes. Okay. I and could so put I it in five, but it's beyond sometimes the uh, the five because of the location as well. But mm -hmm. the restaurant was so clean. It was so genuine. And it just, it was fantastic. And mostly the attention. Nice. They, you well, know, everybody, they, you know, they steal your heart. Believe me. In service, when they, they steal yeah. your heart. It reminds me, you know, when I, I did my first video about La Guantanamera in Cuba, I had 28 minutes as my best raw footage. That mm -hmm. was my, oh, this has got to be inside. It was a suffering to arrive to five mm, and sure. to put the best, the best of the best in those five minutes of the song. The same thing here. 
So uh, what other tips would you have for anybody who's looking for a good food? Like they can look for a four or five star. What else should they look for when they're looking for a good food in Cuba? Well, for example, like Melilla Las Americas is, in, is, is a five-star hotel, four-star hotel in Varadero. Mm. The guys inside prepare such a great food, you know, sandals. They used to form their former sandals. Uh -huh. oh, unbelievable. For example, there is a new region in Varadero at the end of the strip. Uh, it, the restaurant, they prepare the lobster like uh, nobody's business. It's it, mostly the paladares, you know, the famous houses that, that have been converted into restaurants in, in Havana everywhere. And mostly these paladares are amazing. All the cooks, they all the, the mama and papa business, believe me, they bring up the best. And also the uh, the hotels, which is also another little industry in Cuba, which is the uh, Casa Particular. There Casa you go. Particular. That's the name. They are, again, they treat you everything super clean, all the restaurant. They when they do something, believe me, there because if they have a repeat customer, yeah. Amazing. They're kind of between a hotel and a bed and breakfast, right? Yeah, it's they are bre bread and breakfast and they are heavy government regulated. Believe yes. me. They inspected uh -huh. them, they go on it, you know, they, they and they spend a little fortunes remodeling these whole houses. Mm -hmm. I stayed once my last time. I was in Havana. I was in, in a Casa Particular. They were, they have air conditioning, so just for every room. And mostly I have breakfast and I had dinner. Mm. And both, they were excellent. Great. Both, they were excellent. Are they still using the convertible peso there? I heard that they converted in one. Okay. Because so there was such a mix up. They, I heard it, you know, believe me, I just have been so sucked in with Mexico. Yeah. But uh, the convertible peso was... Uh, was something else, was a, a thing that was come up by Fidel Castro, which is, is not subject to the valuation of the dollar. Yeah, the Cuban peso related to the dollar and the convertible pesos just marked the dollar and stayed with the dollar rising and falling, right? Yes, yes. So, mostly, so one American dollar- is higher. One American yeah. dollar was always same, the same relatively to the, to the convertible peso, right? And higher. And okay, higher. so it was slightly higher than the Something American dollar. Up. Of course, Castro would yeah. want it to be more valuable than the American dollar, right? That makes sense. And <laughs> <laughs> mostly the one who pays the prices are, are the little Canadians, you know, they, we sometimes, believe me, once in my third trip or fourth trip, there was a, a devaluation. We were paying like a 60 cents on a dollar. Oh, okay. It was like a it was brutal. It was like a half, even more than a half. And so at that time, it, the Canadian dollar must have been weak vis-a-vis -vis the American dollar. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was a little brutal. It was a little brutal, you know. Just but you know because you love it so much, you don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it's the tax. You pay a little tax for that for that love. Oh yes, sir. Oh yes, sir. So Claude, before we leave Cuba, are there any um, are there any places in Cuba that come to mind that people should consider visiting after they go to Veradero and Havana? Um, what a, what one or two other places are worth considering, uh, including in your agenda? Uh, Trinidad is fantastic. 
change that is is really really colorful is that a state I or have, city so it's a province province it's a province and uh, and also uh, pinal del rio which is an ecological marvel pinal del rio pinal del rio okay pinar del rio it is where all the plant, uh, the tobacco plantations are oh okay and the best tobacco in the world comes from there so that would be where you go get your souvenir cigars Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> You'll be able to get cigars all over Cuba, you know, but the thing is just they are, they are the producers. I see. And then Trinidad, what is the attraction in Trinidad? In Trinidad, because Cuba was conquered by the Spaniards. Mm -hmm. In all the architecture, it mm -hmm. is like you see in a, a town in, in, in Spain. Right. So uh, it is the, the, the old houses... It is the same type of houses that you see in Chile. Uh, it is, but they have been repairing it. You know, it's just they've been very careful to make it attractive to the tourist. So would you say, I guess, pristine colonial architecture? Yeah. Nice. Yes. That's what you visit. You know, there's a, 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 there a cathedral. There is an, an observatory that is on top of a church, the top of a museum. I went there and I took, you know, my tour guide says, if you go up there, you're going to take the best picture of Trinidad. Mm. Really? Really? <laughs> and I went, and it was this little stair, this, this, <laughs> this little turning thing going up. It was like you were going to, to the moon or something. You were <laughs> sweating. I was sweating. My camera was just, when I arrived up there, it was the best view, of course. So you got So you got some great pictures after all, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Thank you for listening to this Bernie Chats. I hope you'll subscribe, like, or share it with a friend. Feel free to leave a comment, and we'll see you on the next one.